This is Making Finances Easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis from Providence Wealth Management. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Paul, Garrett, and Bruce provide their clients and prospects the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Making Finances Easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis. Hey everyone, this is Paul Cochran here with you again. And uh, big headlines uh, Monday on uh, the Dow declined uh, 329.6 points or 1.1%, and it ended at uh, 29,260. Uh, that was uh, yesterday, Monday. And um, that marked its uh, fifth trading day in a row. That it's been down and uh, obviously you know Garrett the words being thrown around the bear market so how do you define a bear market yeah we're hearing this term I think a lot more uh, here recently this year in 2022 and uh, it's kind of like the word recession you know a lot of people have different terminology and different understandings of the words but real simply uh, stock the stock market enters a bear market when widely followed indexes such as the Dow or the S&P 500 sink 20% from their high points. And, you know, people might be uh, shocked to realize that there's nothing really official about that determination, but it's just a shorthand way for us here in our industry to market to mark when markets tumble and go down. And so it's just an opportunity for investors to take a step back and realize uh, that there has been a, a notable number, 20% decrease from the high. Uh, if you go back this year, the, the headlines yesterday, there was that the Dow was in a bear market, and that was 20% down as of September 26 from its record set on January 4th of this year. Yeah, in fact, one other little definition that our listeners uh, uh, might appreciate is the you mentioned recession, and there's been all this talk this year about you know what's a recession, what isn't a recession, and and of course people were quick to say, well, hey, a recession is two consecutive quarters where the GDP is down, and and everybody's saying, well, no, there there are other factors, et cetera. Well, the, the, let me just kind of make sure that this is clear that the um, the National Bureau of Economic Research, uh, NIEBR, uh, they call it, they're the ones that kind of have this little special sauce. So they look at several different factors, and they're the ones that actually determine what a recession is uh, and if, if we are in recession. But it's interesting, Garrett, how um, – what you're talking about and what we're talking about here this morning about the Dow being down and, and it being a bear market, um, a recession is always looking in the rearview mirror and you don't really, by the time a recession is pronounced, usually we're on the way out of that recession. And so it's a little bit tricky because people are trying to make predictions, but they're looking in a rearview mirror of many miles ago. Yeah, and w one of the... Uh one of the things that this uh, headline kind of made me remember was back when the pandemic hit 
in March of 2020. Mm. I remember in our industry, uh, the stock market was really being affected with a downward price trajectory really before even, you know, people that I knew in the community were really affected by, you know, food prices and shortages and uh, trying to access different goods they were trying to buy. But I remember that distinct feeling that, you know, here I am at work and the stock market is dropping before I'm actually feeling the effects of that event kind of take place in the community. And so I think one of these terms, the bear market, the market is always forward looking and it's trying to price in what it expects to happen. Uh, I think that's another kind of point in favor of this idea that bear markets precede uh, a recession. Yeah. You know, um, one of the things we've said on this show several times here so far this year is uh This whole subject of recession, what's so unique about this season is, as I've said, we always know we're in a recession historically when people are looking at each other and saying, hey, am I going to lose my job, you know, because companies are having to cut back, their their, uh, profits are going down, et cetera. Um, But during this season no one is saying that i say no one very few people are saying that because the unemployment is still at a historic lows it's still uh, four percent or so uh unemployment and so demand is still high and there's still a uh, um there's still some life out there uh in in the, the the demand is high unemployment is low and um, companies still have strong earnings, and so uh, several companies do. And so uh, we can talk about this more, but before we get off this subject of, um, of this bear market, let's, let's dig in a little bit deeper. Um, so the, the question becomes, okay, if you're in the market uh, and, and the market's down, you know, what are some, what are some practical things, you know, that can be done? Um, you know, you know, just as an aside, as we were talking about earlier, you know, um, a lot of people, uh, can want to, you know, switch advisors during a time like this. They can want to look, you know, the grass is green or somewhere else because boy, I, I, I'm losing money here. Maybe if I go over here, I won't lose money. And in some cases that can be true. Um, and I think, uh, you know, we kind of, uh, we don't want to be disparaging, but it's the the insurance-based people, the, the annuity uh, salesmen you know, kind of love this season because they say, oh, get out of that mean old market and come over here and, and put your money in an annuity. And, uh, and it's true that an annuity can protect your savings, but uh, there's a cost involved in doing that. And so it and, and also it can be it can be de- deceiving because the people who are pressing annuities the hardest are people who are selling annuities and generating commissions off those annuities. So it can be a conflict of interest. Um, so that, that, that aside, what are some practical things that people can do when the market's down that can really pay dividends later? Yeah, this is one that's been going through my head uh, recently. You know, we've had lots of client conversations uh, and a few of those over the past uh, 
week or so as the market has gone down, uh, people have wondered, should I continue adding to my investments while you know my monthly contributions I'm just seeing go downward? Uh, shouldn't I keep that in the bank? Or you know maybe maybe the market's going down and I'll know when to contribute more to the market later. Uh, you know it, this is a conversation filled with nuance and knowing what to do. But I, I do think it's interesting for anybody uh, that has maybe. Uh, you know, I think even as low as three years <laughs> looking forward, definitely five years, uh, even 10 years still working and employed. Uh, there's a saying in our industry uh, that only in the stock market, when things go on sale, when things get cheaper, do we not want to buy anything? Uh, so <laughs> Uh, it's it's Black Friday. Amazon prices are low. Costco prices are ten percent off. Whatever we we run to the stores and we we get as much as we can. Uh, but when it comes to investing, if we see those companies that we're investing in get cheaper, uh, we start to think, well, maybe we shouldn't be investing any more money. And you know, uh, coincidentally, that can be the best time. Uh, to be saving and buying shares at a lower cost for many of these indexes and companies that we're investing in, and so um, for for the person that's in retirement, that that can be a, a you know a, a trickier conversation. We have those a lot, but for the person uh, that still is working, they don't have a retirement date really pinned down in the future and they could still see working three to five to seven to ten more years. Uh, this is a this is a great time to be buying additional shares and investing additional money because, you know, bear markets do end. Uh, sometimes they can last a little bit longer than we expect, but they, they have all ended previously uh, and they usually end up in a bull market. I think uh, the the great financial crisis in 08 and 09 that wasn't pleasant for anybody uh, ended with an 11-year bull market run. And so, during times where, where we we have the opportunity to invest when when the market is down, if if we have the risk tolerance to do that, that's where solid returns uh, are made, and really can be the difference between a successful investor and one that's uh, kind of being uh, uh, thrown back and forth by the market. Yeah, fear is a powerful motivator, and uh, fear of losing money is a is a super powerful. Um, you know, fear. And so I totally understand, you know, that, that sentiment when people are just, you know, they're just fearful. They're seeing, they're, they're looking at where they were January 1, and they're down 20% now. And so they're, you know, clearly they're fearful. Um, but you're right. If you can, if you can keep your head while others are losing theirs, <laughs> uh, it can pay rich dividends. And so, um, so kind of goes back to that old um, kind of uh, kind of tactic that we've used for years of dollar cost averaging when you're just putting the same amount in, whether it's going up or going down, and over time letting that build. Uh, truly, that's how wealth uh, is accumulated. And so, so, yeah, investing more while the market's down, it, it's, it's – uh, you know, one more little quote, you know, we talk about Warren Buffett, but I, I, I always think of how he says he wants to uh, 
you know, be greedy when people are fearful. And uh, and then when people are, are kind of, you know, kind of fat and happy, as it were, then he wants to be fearful. And so, um, so his whole idea is to be, uh, you know, a little bit of a contrarian. And, uh, and that's, and I, and I, I found myself getting into that, Garrett, too, where um, it's true, you know, we heard a guy say the other day, and I kind of agreed that, uh, he said, "Just listen to what they're do- what they're talking about and what they're recommending on CNBC, and just kind of do the opposite." <laughs> yeah. And uh, and so, so often the the people that are predicting doomsday, in in other words, every time we talk about fear, every time one of these pullbacks happened, and we've seen them before, um, some people. Uh, are understanding that market goes goes up and down. They, they go up and down, but others are saying, "Oh no, this one is the apocalypse. This one is going to be the one where we lose everything and everything." And it's like, "No, no, it's not." Um, so anyway, we'll circle back to that. So the first thing is is if you can buy while things are low. I agree. What's something else that that people can do? Uh, I think another one uh, that we're hearing a lot about right now, we're recommending are Roth conversions. Mm-hmm. So people, uh, whether you're near retirement, transitioning through retirement, or you're on the other side of retirement, uh, it, this is a dynamic discussion that we're always talking with clients about uh, where we can take existing IRA money, maybe it came from a 401k, and we're looking at the tax bracket that we are in currently this year, and we're exploring uh, options regarding converting that traditional IRA money to your Roth IRA. And so why does a bear market mean that we're talking about that more? Uh, We believe in the long-term returns of the stock market. We believe... uh, in a, in a five, 10 year plus time frame, that the market will work for uh, our clients and generate wealth. And we would rather have a comeback in the market occur in a Roth IRA where it makes sense so that those the growth can be tax-free, it can come out as income tax-free, and then it can go to your beneficiaries tax-free. And so, uh, you know, if you had a a crystal ball and you you knew the future, you'd know exactly the best time to convert to a Roth IRA, but but we don't. And so anytime a market correction or a bear market comes around, uh, it can be a, a wonderful opportunity uh, to convert. And so we had clients back in 2020, uh, when the pandemic hit and the market uh, had that kind of very short bear market, they took advantage of Roth conversions. And then, you know, uh, two months later, they saw all the growth come back in their Roth IRAs. And every single client that did that uh, looks back on that and thinks, man, that was a really good move. Uh, But one of the things we don't always talk about uh, with Roth IRAs is that there was a new law that was passed in 20, uh, I think it was 2019, called the SECURE Act. And the SECURE Act eliminated something called the stretch IRA. And you don't have to know all these details, but uh, it changed the game as it pertained to inheriting a traditional IRA versus a Roth IRA. Um, You may have inherited an IRA from your parents, maybe a grandparent, 
and uh, the way that you're distributing funds from an IRA uh, is based on your life expectancy. But based on the new SECURE Act laws that were passed in 2019, uh, you have to distribute an IRA within 10 years. And so a a Roth IRA uh, during this time period when returns are low and the market is depressed is great. But at the same time, a uh, uh, Roth conversion can also get around uh, this 10-year rule issue within with with children that may inherit it and that an IRA that is inherited gets taxed at ordinary income, but a Roth still has to, uh, you, you still inherit it with a 10 year time frame, but that has no tax consequences to it here. Yeah. Um, so let, let me just state them one more time in case people are wondering. So first the Roth, um, means it grows tax free. Uh, Number two, it could create income in the future that's tax-free. Number three, you do not take required minimum distributions uh, on a Roth, um, and it goes to your beneficiaries tax-free. Now, the beneficiaries, as Garrett said, they still have to take a distribution, but it's tax-free. And so this whole idea of while these securities, say your IRA has dropped 20%, then if you can convert some of it now, then it will uh, be able to grow back tax-free. And, you know, one of the things that that people sometimes wonder, um, Gary, you know, we've talked about this, but sometimes people wonder, um, well, how much do I know how to convert? And, and, you know, what, what do we do? And, you know, if you're wondering about that, uh, uh, you can give us a call. In fact, uh, 865-770-5031. And, uh, and we can, you can uh, ask for a consultation and we can walk you through how to do this. But basically, there are several elements to consider. Um, one would be if you're under 59, people sometimes are concerned, well, gosh, what, what about what if I need to get to that money, et cetera? Well, the rule, Garrett, um, is the, the key part is the earnings that they can't get to. Correct. So I, I will say the, the rules regarding this are <laughs> uh, the, the language they use can be challenging. But if, if I want to keep it easy, almost all clients that we interact with never, never have any, uh, any issue with this five-year rule. Uh, that you hear about. So I'm not saying that it it doesn't apply to everybody, but generally speaking, uh, us as advisors have to be aware of it, but uh, it just doesn't come into play all that often. And so with a Roth IRA, if if you make contributions to a Roth IRA, you can get access to those contribution funds anytime you want to, penalty free, tax free, anytime. There is no age limit. But the earnings, uh, there there's like maybe six or seven special rules where you can access earnings, income tax-free and penalty tax-free. And the big one there is once you reach age 59 and a half. So if somebody is older than age 59 and a half, uh, we're, we're very rarely going to run into issues with getting uh, access to Roth funds. Great. So if I... Uh if I listen to Paul and Garrett, I, I, 
consult with with them or my financial uh, advisor, or my tax advisor, et cetera, and I decide to convert. If I convert hundred thousand dollars and it grows to one hundred and ten, then I can go in there and get that hundred thousand anytime I want. But that ten thousand, uh, so to speak, would I'd have to wait the five years on that to, to avoid the penalty. Correct. Okay. So, um, so the other thing, there, there are several considerations when you're doing a Roth conversion. Uh, and, and again, we're not telling, we don't just give a recommendation, hey, everybody, convert to Roth because it doesn't fit everyone. But you, you need to look at your tax brackets. That's a key variable because the amount that you convert is an amount that's considered income that year. So you need to look at your tax brackets. In perfect world, we don't want to convert an amount that would bump you up into another tax bracket or a, a much higher tax bracket. Like, not as excited about going from 12 to 22, but going from 22 to 24 isn't a huge deal. If a client comes to us and they're, uh, they're, they're really wanting to see some performance and they're happy, happy, happy when the market's going up, but if the market's going down, they're, they're, they're terrified. Well, what does that tell you about the risk tolerance? Sometimes it changes based on what's going on out there. <laughs> it sure does. It sure does. And so uh, your risk tolerance is really revealed on days like Monday. Yeah. Because you, you, if, if, you, if you don't want fluctuation, you probably shouldn't be in the market. But it could be also be that you need to just ha- have a little bit of education to make sure that your um, um, that your mental fears aren't getting in the way of uh, some some sound investing. Then the last thing we would mention is this idea of reevaluating your taxable account. So when we have someone that has a taxable account, what we're referring to is a non-IRA account that either has gains or losses, and uh, so how would you uh, how would you word that, Garrett? What would you tell somebody to do in terms of evaluating their tax taxable account? Paul, I guess the last thing I would say we, uh, you know, if any of this is making sense to you, we we've kind of made it real easy for you to reach out to us. You can go to our website, makingfinanceseasier.com. Uh, it'll go to our website, and there's a button there where if you'd like to schedule some time, to, a quick phone call to talk with us, you can hit on schedule a meeting, or uh, you can call us at 865-770-5031, and uh, you can leave a message, and we'll, we'll be glad to, to call you back. Great. Well, that's a wrap. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Making Finances Easier. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, or Bruce Landis at Providence Wealth Management. Call 865-770-5031 or visit them online at makingfinanceseasier.com. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Providence Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Tennessee. Insurance products and services are offered through Providence Advisors Group, LLC. Providence Advisors Group, LLC, and Providence Wealth Management, LLC, are affiliated companies. Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis and Providence Wealth Management are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for information 
informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary, and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources, and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.